0: Hi, and welcome back to The Slowdown. I am de DeGroof, Integrative Nutrition Health Coach and Essential Oil Educator, and my co-host is Kim Nelson, writer and creative meditation teacher. However, today it's just me, and I'm here to talk to you about how to slow down when life gives you lemons, AKA when things are out of your control. And joining me is Amanda Orlando. She's a food allergy awareness advocate from Toronto, Canada, and she's an author of an inclusive cookbook called Everyone's Welcome. So I'd just like to welcome Amanda to The Slowdown.
1: Hello, thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for joining us. I'm so excited because I think um, when life gives you lemons is quite a good topic. And this doesn't pertain particularly to food allergies, but Since um, I have a daughter with lots of allergies and lots of things are out of my control, and I know that you also um, have a similar story, I thought it would be a great um, way to get that perspective on this and also talk about a little bit about how people can kind of um, slow down to find their way when things are not in their control. So first of all, I just want to ask you a little bit about your journey with food allergies. Like when were you diagnosed? Um, Have you always had allergies? What was what's your journey been like?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. I was, um, excuse me, diagnosed as a baby. So it's really the only Life I've ever known. I mean, um, I've had, I guess you would say no choice, but to make peace with it. Um, but yeah, I was diagnosed at, I think I was three months, I want to say. And I was covered in eczema, head to toe, and I wasn't really feeding properly. And so my mom was really concerned about my nourishment. And um, I was ill a lot. And she ended up taking me to an allergist and it's still the same allergist actually that I see today. So we've been together 30 years and mm-hmm. um, he ended up diagnosing me and that was the beginning of my journey.
0: And and obviously that's something that is very much out of your control. Have you seen a big difference from when you were younger to how it affects you now?
1: I would say my, my perspective towards it has remained... Uh, it's a difficult question to answer, because on the one hand, I would say I've always had a similar type of perspective towards living with like an incurable illness, You know, if you want to think of it that way. Um, mm-hmm. I've always just kind of known that this is the condition and I just have to deal with it. But when I was younger, I think I, I thought that I held the secret to knowing how to cure it. And mm-hmm. so for the longest time, I think I really strived for perfection in a lot of areas of life, especially when I was a kid like uh, Mm -hmm. elementary school, because I was determined that if I was healthy enough or if I drank enough water or like I was really into sauerkraut when I was a kid, if I ate enough probiotics, like then that would cure me. And I kind of had this deadline that I held on to secretly in my head that I was going to outgrow it by the time I was 21. And Mm I was so certain of it. And then 21 came and surprise, obviously, I, I, hadn't cure, I hadn't found the missing cure for food allergy. And then mm-hmm. I think at that point, some other, you know, life happened. And um, I had, I think I ended up ha- having some control issues at that time, because I started to really feel like things were beyond my control. Whereas when I was a kid, and I felt like I was working towards this secret goal, I felt like I did have some semblance of control over it. Uh, but then when I was proven wrong I think I just I became controlling of myself in other areas of my life.
0: Talking about that control have you seen a shift in that over the years in terms of like um, what you do to kind of release that pressure from yourself when when things are not in your control?
1: Yeah I think I, I used to have like more of a I guess, punitive attitude towards myself in terms of controlling the things that I did. And I think I was kind of resentful towards myself for not having grown out of it. And so I was really controlling about my food and like uh, my appearance and a lot of outward things. Um, Mm -hmm. I was really controlling towards myself. Um, But eventually I realized obviously it wasn't serving me. So I had to kind of change my attitude. I think I was focused for I would say for a window of time, I was really focused on the minutiae of my life and making sure that little things were perfect when prior to that, I had been more of a big picture type of thinker. And I think I've returned to that and not not getting so hung up on every little detail being a certain way that probably only I care about, you know,
0: Um. what do you do to slow down?
1: I feel like you and I have very similar slow down routines. (laughs) I always watch your posts and I'm like, oh, she's having so much fun. Um, I I really like going outside for my daily walk. That is such an important thing for me. I can't miss Mm -hmm. a day because I think I need that connectedness to the outdoors. And I love like one of my favorite things about living in a really populated area is that I like to be around people even if I'm not in the mood to socialize I like to have people like I like to see other people and be amongst other people but be by Mm -hmm. myself you know are
0: you a people watcher pardon are you a people watcher
1: I am a people watcher yes I like people people. yeah Um, and I, I enjoy just being amongst others you know I don't like to feel totally isolated
0: Hmm. And do you feel like you have certain things that you do when there are things that are out of your control?
1: Yeah, definitely. When things are out of my control, especially if I'm dealing with a moment where I can feel like my anxiety scale is tipping, and I I know after so many years of with this, like I know when that's happening. It, for me, the immediate thing is I have to change my surrounding. So mm-hmm. then I either go out for a walk or like go for a drive or just do do something I have to like change my surroundings switch it up is for me it's all about like if I start to get in a groove immediately I have to change I have to get out of that groove so whatever it takes Mm -hmm. to shake that up it could be I don't know it could be like going to a store or like uh calling someone like it can be anything it's just about changing that that motion and if I'm I guess if I'm feeling like I need to just take time and be a little bit more peaceful with myself, then maybe I'll go take a bath or I'll read a book. Um, I meditate every day or listen to ASMR. So I do that. And it's just these little things, but if you sort of nip it in the bud, it's easier to kind of, you know, stay st- stable, I guess for me, that's how, it would fe- how the- that's how it feels. It feels like I'm like, stable and then all of a sudden the anxiety kicks in and I'm like oh now I'm off kilter so it's about getting back Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. and is your anxiety normally around um food related issues or are we talking general anxiety
1: (laughs) (laughs) no I I think for me it's always been more food related for sure um okay of course you know we can blow that up into so many different situations what if this food related thing happens in this completely different situation like I think we all when you have food allergies you tend to kind of examine those situations in your head because a lot of times there are things that are out of your control like if someone else is cooking for you or you know because mm-hmm. food exists everywhere in the world it's like almost unavoidable so I think sometimes mm-hmm. our thoughts spiral but for me I would say like it's allergy related like for me I'm always thinking okay what are the chances of anaphylaxis here like if, if I'm in an anxious mood.
0: A lot of people I know are going through a very, very hard time with COVID and the restrictions, but um, and I am personally as well, I'm such a huge extrovert and it's 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 been really hard for me, but on the flip side one, like one amazing thing is that I no longer have this panic of like, okay, if we're out and she's hungry, what are we going to do? If we're invited to somebody's house, what am I going to have to take stuff with me? Um, and so now I'm like, oh, it's, 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 it's a different, it's a new story. It's like, oh, okay, like we have time and we kind of, um, obviously this is the slowdown. And so we've had time to slow down and kind of prepare our meals and we eat three meals together and I don't have to rush and like bulk prepare everything because we might be at a party one day or someone's house another day like have you found for yourself as well that you've um kind of had that time to slow down and not have to worry about like where you're eating where you're being invited to and what what you might have to take with you
1: it's funny so I actually just wrote a post about this today I haven't put it out yet but (laughs) I I kind of have a an opposite view actually now that once I thought about it I've been thinking a lot about this lately so Mm -hmm. initially when quarantine started it was a big relief because I didn't have to worry about all the weddings that were happening that summer and whether I was going to eat at them I didn't have to worry about trying new foods because it was kind of like okay not the time to try anything new and it gave me a lot of convenient excuses to not Mm -hmm. push my comfort zone now I'm not saying this as a judgmental thing, like you, like anyone else. Anyone else who feels this way was getting too comfortable, because I do understand it is like a great moment to relax and not have to worry about things. But I think for myself personally, and like I said earlier, I tend to get in these grooves, and if I get in this groove where I'm too comfortable, then it's really hard for me to break out of that after. So, for example, um, near the end of the summer, when we were allowed to eat in restaurants for a while. My brother and his girlfriend invited my husband and I for dinner, and normally I would have been totally fine because it's the restaurant that I ate at all the time. But suddenly I was actually really nervous about it, and I was like, the mm-hmm. only thing that's changed is that I haven't done it in a while, and mm-hmm. so that made me nervous because suddenly it was unfamiliar again. So I could tell that I, mm-hmm. it had, the quarantine had actually made me a bit too comfortable, and I think I had become a bit too introverted in that way, and I, mm-hmm. I was almost like using the comfort as a, an excuse for myself and so i realized like i haven't tried anything new in a long time like not even from my favorite brands that came out with new products like i was really i think i was using it as a bit of a crutch so then i challenged mm-hmm. myself to say like cuz i i know that if i let this go on for too long that'll be it like i'll never eat in a restaurant for the rest of my life like <laughs>
0: So, it can become, become quite debilitating
1: exactly so i was like no, oh, this is ridiculous like i have to eat in this restaurant now and i have to find a way to enjoy it because otherwise that's going to be it for me like i'm not going to be able to do it again and so i i kind of had mm-hmm. to find those opportunities to challenge myself
0: so i do want to shift the um momentum a little bit and talk of, about a few tips that i have about um bringing in ways that you can slow down when things are out of your control and one of the things is getting rid of things that are not serving you so start dumping the things that you can Mm. and make things simple for yourself um I don't know if you have noticed that you ever do that when things are getting quite heavy like if you've ever just been like okay what can I get rid of what can I kind of um let go of in order to make life a bit simple for myself
1: oh yeah definitely um Well, I mean, if you look at social media, for example, for a while, there were like a million different types of social media. And that was one thing where like, if I can't keep up with all of it, then I just won't attempt to do all of it, which is why I'm no longer on Twitter. (laughs) It's just too much. Um, But yeah, I think I'm, I have no problem getting rid of things. If I think like this is the least priority, this isn't really going to serve me. I'm just going to put it off for now, for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um then the second thing is don't put on a happy face and soldier on. It's really important to ask people for help. Um as the famous saying goes, a problem shared is a problem halved. Um I don't know if you um do that. It, it's it's just it's interesting to ask you while we're on online just to see if that's something that you do or that you find comfort in.
1: Uh I think I do. I have yeah, there are I do confide in people. Like I'll confide in my friend or my husband or something about problems. But I think I've become more conscious as I get older about the like level of detail that I share with other people, especially about like my anxieties and stuff, because um just knowing that I've kind of like over time absorbed other people's anxieties if they were shared online and I didn't really realize it until later or I, I think I'm a bit more careful with how much I share in that respect like on social media but in terms of like in like privately I do tend to confide in someone yeah I I'd rather just say it and get it out there you know and mm-hmm, sometimes mm-hmm. I don't even want I, advice or anything like I just have, need to get it off my chest and then I as, as it's out there yeah. I'm like oh okay it's ridiculous I can let
0: go <laughs> I know I think a I think there's a lot of people who always um recommend that you write down your your problem quote unquote problems because it helps kind of get it out of your brain and onto paper and then you can kind of assess the situation a bit better um so that's also another tip and then the last one that I have and then I'll ask you if you have any is to get a boost of serotonin which are your happy hormones and um a few ways that you can do that is moving your body um getting out in nature watching something funny online um, and practicing random acts of kindness.
1: I need comedy in my life, so if I'm ever having a bad day or something, like I'll watch stand up, or I'll watch like
0: mm-hmm. a good
1: movie, or like I'll always just like throw on Seinfeld or something. It always makes me feel good. So that's like one of my my top feel good things to do. Um, definitely going for a walk, like we talked about. That one really helps. Mm-hmm. Um, and what else? Oh my gosh, what else do I do? Oh, you know what? Actually ASMR is a direct release of serotonin, I believe. So that's probably why people get so hooked on mm-hmm. it. Um, mm-hmm.
0: could you could you tell our listeners a little bit about ASMR? Yeah, it's
1: kind of like a oh my god, I'm completely forgetting the word now. The <laughs> synesthesia. Oh my god, oh forgot that. The synesthesia where certain sounds and motions elicit a physical reaction in your brain that feels somewhat like like, like scratching your head or like it feels like tingling. You know what it feels? It feels like goosebumps Mm -hmm. and I'll get it all over my legs Mm -hmm. and on my head and on my arms and stuff. It's really crazy and I've had it since I was a little kid and um, yeah, it it really like if I'm stressed, I'll just like throw on some ASMR and then that's like a surefire way to get me to go to sleep. (laughs) So. Mm
0: -hmm. And is ASMR um, like a series of sounds or is it somebody speaking, like like what is it? <laughs>
1: so it can happen just like in real life, like um, from interactions with people. Um, but it can mm-hmm. also like, you can also like watch a YouTube video or listen to a Spotify, um, like recording or something of someone doing ASMR and it, everyone experiences it differently. So some people have like certain sound triggers, or certain visual cues that cause them to get it. And you kind of like get to know which YouTubers like create the right sounds that you like. And then you like find your people that way. But like, not all ASMR is like works for everyone.
0: Yeah, I heard that Justin Trudeau talks talks in yeah, ASMR yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's been-,
1: been... Yeah, I, I do see that. So. <laughs> he does.
0: You, oh, okay, I I I just yeah, I know that he talks very quietly and it is often always like that yes. kind of where you feel you have to lean in to kind of <laughs> listen to, to what he's saying and I think that is kind of the effect that as ASMR is supposed yeah. to have and this is so interesting it would be really awesome to know if other people kind of use ASMR because I know it's quite a big thing. It now. is
1: and it's funny because not everyone can experience it because like it is a synesthesia and but there's no studies on it so sometimes I'll be talking about how great it is and someone else will listen to that video and be like this is the weirdest thing I've ever experienced. So I'm like that's because they're probably not experiencing the sensation. To the, to them it's like what is happening
0: here? <laughs> it's kind of odd. Yeah when, like I'm, like... Just listening, I'm just listening to politics. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. And um, have you ever felt a kind of high when you've done a random act of kindness
1: yeah I guess so I I would say so definitely like put a little extra pep in your step when you know you made someone feel good
0: I think we definitely underestimate the power of Mm -hmm. giving right um do you have any other tips on um what to do when things are out of your control uh
1: I don't know if this would apply for every situation but sometimes it's like leaning into the out of controlness can work like creatively (laughs) like if you're I don't know if you paint or you cook or Whatever, allowing that like lack of control feeling to kind of guide your creative endeavors, I think that can be really powerful.
0: Hmm, that's awesome. I love that. Okay, I have a few questions yeah. for you. Have you slowed down this week?
1: Uh, I did meditate today, <laughs> <But> other than <laughs> that, probably not.
0: <laughs> okay, and if not, why not?
1: Um, I'm taking a little break in November. So I'm trying to fit a whole month of work into this week.
0: <laughs> okay, that's that's full on. <laughs> I'm glad you got your meditation yeah. in then. Um, okay. what does your ideal day of slowing down look like?
1: Um, okay. It would be starting out, good coffee, absolutely, and watching a comedy like TV show or something in the morning a serious walk like probably two to three hours and hopefully going somewhere that where I'm like discovering something new and then um, taking a good bath and reading and then yeah meditating or ASMR and cooking that would be my mm-hmm. ideal slowdown down day
0: that's awesome um like just out of interest because i know you're you're a recipe creator and you do food blogging and you have your cookbook do you class baking or cooking as slowing down
1: i think it depends on whether no i don't oh wow wow i don't know It depends on whether I'm close to a deadline because I actually usually leave myself a a lot of time to work on a recipe, whether it's like client work or just something for social media. Um, I always leave myself plenty of time because I always want to enjoy my job. So I, I would hate to think that I'd get to a stage where like I'm like doing this as work and not work for enjoyment. So the only times that I find it stressful would be if I'm really close to a deadline and like... I'm still not where I want to be with that thing
0: cool um what's one thing that you've learned about yourself when you've slowed down
1: um probably that even if probably like I I kind of run like a mile a minute so (laughs) probably that even (laughs) when I'm slowing down I'm still like like all over the place (laughs)
0: I find I, I know that you talk really fast, and I love it. I love it. But do you? Does that ever? Do people ever think what? Are, what is well, she saying? I are the
1: captions on the story? <laughs> <laughs> because and when I'm writing the oh. caption, I'm like, how the hell did I say this much stuff in 15 seconds? <laughs> <I'm trying
0: not. laughs> oh my god! Have you always spoke spoken that fast, uh, or is I have it something slowed that's down kind of...
1: significantly? <laughs> believe it or not
0: (laughs) I love it I I love it it. no because I think it just it just fits your personality I mean like I see you and I I think that just gives you that um such a bubbly and lively thing about you and I love listening to your stories and it is really fast and I'm like wait she said so much stuff in like in one like video and I, I know whenever I do my stories I'm like oh god it's gone <laughs> on to three how did that happen yes, well my mom always said I was exhausting so. <laughs> oh that's my two children yeah. are like that so I'm hoping they are as equally as bubbly Thank and lively you. as you when they're older do you see your food allergies as a disability oh you pulled out the
1: most controversial question for the very end uh, I I will say on one hand yes because in order for people to understand that it's a serious condition you have to hit them with the legality of it for them to understand that like yes this is actually classified as a disability and Mm -hmm. in order to gain access Mm -hmm. to some things that I have needed access to over the years I have had to lean on the fact that it is a disability. So I think if you don't Mm -hmm. have to call it a disability, then that's kind of just a privilege um, if you haven't had to lean Mm -hmm. on that. But I would say, like, I've also been, like, learning a lot about sort of, like, the ableism, like, of our world. Mm -hmm. And I think thinking of disability as a negative term is something that is, like, an ableist way of thinking. So I think... Mm -hmm. I. I have no no negative associations with calling it a disability.
0: Has it held you back from anything or has it stopped you from doing anything that you've wanted to do? I think if it's ever
1: held me back from anything, it was really my own doing and my um my, me not wanting to be like fluid on something or to adjust because really with food allergy, you just always have to do everything your own way and I think that's why I've always like been kind of like a bit wonky like outside the lines because I'm just like used to doing things in like very different ways but if it ever held me back from something it was like my own negative associations that kind of held me back but not the food allergy. It's made me maybe feel like I always have something to prove so from a very young age Mm -hmm. like it was like a family goal of our family was like Amanda's gonna write a cookbook it's gonna be so great and like you know she's really gonna show people that like food allergy is like not horrible there are so many great things that you can do and eat and create and so I think yeah I've always felt like I I have like a little a little little something to prove maybe or a challenge that I have to overcome Mm -hmm. um for me I'm the type of person like Mm -hmm. if something feels like a big challenge it's like I can't let go of it until I've conquered it because it'll just be like this persistent thing nipping in my ear that just won't leave me
0: alone um is there anything else you'd love to leave our listeners with about anything to do with food allergies or control (laughs) I mean
1: I feel like my something that I've been living by for a long time is just to like squeeze the juice out of everything and so in this case we're talking about lemons just squeeze that juice and whether it's Small things, exactly. <laughs> Whether it's small things in your life or like big picture things that you want to do, just like always try to squeeze all the juice out of it because then you're gonna get the most. You're gonna get the best of it.
0: Oh, I love that. And and we're gonna we're gonna round off with that. Could you just let our listeners know where they you can find, find me
1: you? at Everyday Allergen Free on Instagram or on my blog everydayallergenfree.com dot com, and you can find me on YouTube and my username is Amanda Orlando.
0: And I would definitely recommend that you go check out her recipes because they're absolutely scrumptious <laughs> And you can find me at mariam.degroof on Instagram, where I share yummy recipes, lifestyle tips and hacks, and essential oil education. And for me, it's goodbye.